Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Rain City Bunker. Um, I'm Andy Brown. I'm here with Greg Moon. Yes, he is. And uh, it is uh, October of 2012. And uh, it's been a little bit of time with July was our last Yes, July, early July was last episode. And um, so we wanted to catch up. We're heading into the Halloween season. I think we're going to do another uh, episode that'll be more Halloween focused. But, you know, we carry Halloween in our hearts all year long. Halloween is peak season for Rain City Bunker. (laughs) And we're going to try to put together some sort of... uh, show like we have done for the last couple Halloweens and uh, uh, make it a little bit more um, special. More creepy focused. Yes. Ghosts and goblins and Halloween lore and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, So anyways, one of the things we wanted to talk about first. Oh, let's talk about what we've done. It's basically what we did in our summer vacations, although it's not vacation anymore. But uh, uh, Greg, do you want to start? Sure. I've had kind of an uneventful summer. <laughs> um, I am, I think I mentioned, uh, you know, I'm contracting right now, so I'm going to new gigs and trying to start my own business. It's kind of a blurry mess, but I had a really fun gig uh, down in Tequila. It was a good gig, and I uh, had fun, worked with good people down there. And uh, I did a couple summer trips. I took a trip to uh, Mount Rainier, and uh, what else? Oh, uh, up to Decatur Island for my fantasy football. Oh, right, right. I, I pit, pinch fantasy drafted for a buddy of mine. Yes. So they invited me up to do a fantasy draft. It's beautiful up there in Decatur. And it was uh, beautiful weather. And it's all the guys. So it's, it's an island? It's an island up in the yeah. San Juans. A small island. Kind of, I think it's all private. So yeah. the place we stay is a private section. And it's just beautiful. There's a water and the clear skies and the buddies. So we drink and we eat and play sports and talk fantasy football sounds so, awesome so not, not no big trip but it was yeah. a good summer yeah um i went to uh san diego in july probably not too long after we did our uh, our podcast mm-hmm. um and uh had a great time san diego is beautiful i've been there now twice and uh we we spent a little bit of time in oceanside yeah, california i think you mentioned that i always get the, a little yeah bit. i always get the name wrong um and, uh, you know, that's beautiful beach. We were right by the beach. So I went swimming and boogie boarding and I'd never been boogie boarding. That was a lot of fun. Oh, did you actually do that? I'm I did. Sure yep. Okay. I did. Um, caught some waves. Uh, caught some waves, dude. Caught some waves, dude. Um, <laughs> did not get stung by jellyfish. There were a lot of jellyfish apparently oh. in there. Uh, yeah, just, you know, did, it, um, did a tour. There's a, a, a naval museum there that's based on the, oh, the, I want to say the Enterprise. The USS is there an Enterprise? aircraft carrier there? Right? Yeah, it's an old aircraft yeah, carrier. I think it is the Enterprise. Um, I'm not sure. And that was a lot of fun. I've been on it, though. It's really cool. They have a lot of yeah. planes on the deck you yeah. can look at. And saw a surprise. Uh, there was another group of boats that you could also go on. And uh, there was a Gauguin exhibit, um, which was really cool. It was kind of a surprise. We went and saw some Gauguins that aren't, aren't commonly seen in museums. Um, you had pri- planned, hadn't planned, hadn't planned it. it. It was a private collection. Uh and I forgot how much, I think the guy said it was valued at like $23 million or something Whoa. like that. Um, a lot of cool stuff. Um, and uh, and Jackie, my girlfriend, is really into Gauguin. And uh, she was excited to see that. Um, and just had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very good vacation. Stayed in Old Town. Uh, yeah. Right. You know. It's kind of like Pioneer Square. Yeah, it is kind Seattle. of. Yeah, Pioneer Square in Seattle. Um, so no hauntings. 
we had no hauntings. But <laughs> what, was it very hot there? No, you know, um, both times I've been to San Diego, it's in the mid seventies, and just really, you know, there's always breezes. I don't know if it's always like that or if I've lucked out. It's usually that way. Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay, I might move there. But my my cousin, you know, I have family down there, yeah. and recently it's been very hot, yeah. which is kind of unusual. It's been nineties, yeah. really yeah. uncomfortably oh, hot. Oh, okay. So you you had some really nice. We weather. did. We had some good weather. Um, and I think that's. I think that's really about all the traveling we did or I did. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, summer went kind of – it was a fun summer but went kind of quickly. Uh, now here we are in the fall. and um, Yeah, well, today was a beautiful day, we'll mention. Felt like fall. I was outside yeah. and I had short sleeves on and yeah. it was – I think it hit 73. It 73. Very beautiful yeah. and sunny today, October 7th. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. So it's kind of weird. We were going to do the Halloween show today, but we decided we'll try to do another episode yeah. for the Halloween show. Yeah. But I was thinking how weird it would be to do a Halloween show – on a day that feels like summer. Yeah. yeah. Although, uh, you know, I, I probably drive people crazy with this, but uh, this is the one time of year that I kind of lament not being on the East Coast. And uh, I found that the, the weather recently has been really kind of reminds me of an early fall in, in New England. It's It's been very nice. Um, not a lot of rain and uh, just really nice. I, I've been, I'm enjoying it. But uh, we can drift into some Halloween type territory. Well, or... that's what Rain City Bunkers all about. Yes. We, we do some weird stuff all the time. And uh, one weird local thing that's been going on um, is what's been called the West Seattle Hum or the Seattle Hum. Mm-hmm. And it's a strange sound that people have been hearing and recording. And, and recording. There's actually recording some recording and reporting. And reporting. <laughs> And I live in West Seattle now. Um, I have not experienced the hum. Uh, but what I was going to tell Greg, I actually didn't tell him before the show. Sometimes, just because I I don't realize it. Uh, I remember one time there was a, a comet when I when I lived in a different place. Uh, this is back in the '90s. There was a comet that apparently showed up and burned in the visible sky um, uh, over Seattle. And uh, lit things up um, with kind of a greenish light. A comet or a meteor? A meteor. I'm sorry, not a comet. Okay. Which, what's the difference? Can you? A comet it? is out as ice ball out right. in space. Okay, yes. it, a meteor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Meteor hits the Earth. Or, yes. Yeah. Um, so a meteor. Um, and what's funny is I didn't. I saw it, but I didn't realize I was in working probably graveyard shift at that time and. Uh, I, I think it was a weekend night or something. I know I was home and it was late. It was like three in the morning. And uh, <clears throat> I definitely saw a bright light and it lit up. And I just thought it was lightning or something like that. And it, it was a strange kind of color to the light. Uh, and then I found out the next day that it was a meteor. So I've been known to encounter phenomenon and then not actually know that I'm encountering it. So uh <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard this West Seattle hum, but we've listened to some recordings. Well, why don't you, can you describe a little bit what the story is? Well, uh, yeah, I think it first showed up about early September. This is early October, so about a month ago. And uh, I remember watching the local news and they're talking about people in West Seattle complaining about this weird kind of low frequency hum. Yeah. And many people were reporting it. And uh, when we were getting ready for the show, we looked it up and just as two weeks ago, there was a story on it. So it's still... I'm not sure right to this day, but at least yeah. for that period of time from early September to late September, people were reporting this home. Yeah. And 
there's there, there are a couple factories. There's a steel mill down the down the road. Yeah, within here. very not too far from where I live. And then there's a cement plant. I think farther south. Right. So you know those were obvious or are obvious uh, suspects. Yeah. But someone did some research, and there's some sort of fish in the Duwamish that they tell me what the Duwamish is. The Duwamish is a river that it, it's the eastern boundary of West Seattle. Yes. And uh, and that's where I think. Based on what we're reading here, uh, that's where a lot of that's where most of the reporting are yeah. near the Duwamish. Right, and so I think it was a local scientist. We don't we haven't done all our facts, so we're, we'll post the links as usual. But a local scientist had come up with this theory that it was fish doing like a mating, <laughs> a mating behavior or something. something. Yeah. But uh, that's not a real satisfactory explanation yeah. because that would happen on some period, either yeah. every year, every three years, or something. And I think this is a new thing. Yeah. And we've listened, uh, there's recordings, we'll have the um, the links to that, and we were listening to the recordings, and it's funny because the one that they have posted, you don't hear anything at first. I think the person just started their recorder, and we're like, is this that what we're supposed to, you know, just general background yeah, noise. Yeah, very little. And then it, it's like, I would describe it, wouldn't you, Greg, as a thrum? Mm-hmm. It's like a very low-level kind of oscillating sound, and it is weird. It has a weird sort of, you could see it if it were in a sci-fi, old sci-fi movie, that would be the sound that the... The UFOs make or whatever flying saucers yeah. make. Um, so we'll keep you updated if there's any updating. Yeah, to do. and they, there's been still no definitive uh, answer. Yeah, uh, those two factories, the steel mill and the concrete factory, are probably high on the list. Yeah, uh, the fish were on the list. In fact, I, I think I remember seeing an article saying the fish is it is the cause. Yeah, but that's kind of. Doubtful, I think. It didn't sound like... I don't know. And we read an article by a woman from King 5 who said she was skeptical... King 5's local news. King 5 television here in Seattle. Uh, She she had heard the story. She was skeptical, but she had heard it from her home on near up the hill from the Duwamish. And uh, so she said, I don't think a fish sound would travel that far. (laughs) So it's kind of an interesting, weird little mystery here locally Mm -hmm. in Seattle. You know, uh, local mysteries, um, let's catch people up too, because we always talk about these little projects and then uh, I want to follow through with them. So I think two that we talked about, obviously, is the bags of mystery that Mm -hmm. Greg has found. Um, We had worked on setting up a camera as much. We're working with really cheap equipment. It's not like, you know, ghost hunter sort of equipment. (laughs) And we were having a hard time setting it up. And um, but Greg tells me that he hasn't seen a bag in a long yeah, time. So Maybe a little bit after we were trying to set up the camera, you saw one? Yeah, see, I'm trying to think. Because um, I think before the last episode, last episode 16, I had found some bags, and I did the, my little YouTube video yeah. showing what was in the bags. But I think when we did our last episode, uh, that was in the past, and I haven't found anything since our episode. So that was July, August, September. So it's been over three months since a bag has shown up. Right. And they are building a giant... <laughs> Uh, apartment complex very near right next to the place where the bags show up so Andy and I are theorizing whoever was leaving the bags may be dissuaded by all the new activity right and that's what I kind of I think we mentioned that in the last episode yeah too, so and um, but we do have we have a different camera that might be easier to set up and we'll we'll still try we'll give it a shot and maybe we'll catch some weird stuff goes around goes on around Craig's neighborhood <laughs> maybe we'll catch something funny or something anyways um, and then I think I had talked about, I downloaded the app that allows you to control your dreams. The big problem is that I realized, um, it's probably something that would work if you had headphones on and 
none of the headphones that I have, I feel like I could sleep with yeah, in my ears. Yeah, I think you ears. mentioned this last time. Um, so I might, I'll, I'll go looking around for some headphones that I might be able to do that, and I'd still like to try it. And then the other aspect of it is, is just, uh, I'm not one of those dudes who goes to sleep at like 9 p.m. and then wakes up and goes to work. I'm like, I'll see something interesting on TV and stay up too late and then the next day take a nap after work and you know I'm just my sleep schedule is kind of all over the place and it always has been but well maybe I should do the experiment maybe, maybe yeah, they have an app for an android they might I have an yeah. android phone. okay yeah you're a little bit more regular and I'm pretty regular yeah. on a regular schedule so yeah. uh maybe I'll give that a whirl okay we'll we'll assign that do you get a do you get to tell yourself what you want to dream I think it gives it you, you? A, I think you can record something but I think it also has a um a set it's been a while since I've looked at it but it has a set of themes okay and I'm guessing what it does is you set it to go off at a certain time and um, then it, it'll automatically start playing these audio suggestion things. I think that's that's basically what it is uh, with a, maybe a couple other things here and there thrown in. Um, I think it has an alarm that you can that you can program to. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll continue with that. Um, so some other since kind of maybe this is kind of a little bit of the mystery theme, um, you know, spaces, outer space is always a big mystery, and, and Greg is a big fan of uh, NASA stuff and, yeah. and space exploration and stuff. So why don't you talk about yeah. the Voyager? Yeah, this is, I kind of like, I love doing this podcast. We talk about kind of crazy things and kind of real things, and this is kind of a real thing, but it's a very unique real thing. Um in 1970, on uh, September 5th, 1977, Voyager 1 launched from Earth. V'ger. V'ger, <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> and uh, the mission, the main mission was to explore Saturn and Jupiter and the moons and all that. But uh, they were, I think I think they ended up living longer than they were supposed to. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah. They, they always plan the technology just to live a certain length, but... Yeah. You know, I guess they realize, oh, it's still working. So they, they reprogram it. So anyway, we are, believe it or not, 30, what is that? 89, so 35 years later, wow. we are still receiving data from Voyager 1. I wish I had the exact number. It is many millions of miles from yeah. Earth. It is. Because it left the solar system quite a while ago. Well, right? no. No. Oh, oh, no, that, sorry. That's, that's what sorry. we're talking about. Oh, sorry. It's way out there. It may, may have passed the orbit of Pluto or something. Yeah. But this is really interesting to me because uh, the scientists had theorized it. Now we're seeing it with the data we're getting from Voyager 1 that the solar system is kind of like a giant, huge sphere with the sun, obviously, at the center. Right. And I didn't even understand all this. But so what? I'll just say what's going on. Voyager 1 is now recording an increase in high-energy cosmic radiation. And that's what they expected when an object leaves the solar system. Yes. And, and you, you know, we'll, we'll post the link. And you can see the chart. It's gone up, I think, like 10%. Uh, so you can see it's a real trend. High-energy cosmic ra- interstellar cosmic radiation is really, you can see the trend. It's going up, definitely, very definitively. And then, but what was most dramatic was the drop in charged particle readings that emanate from the sun. I mean, it's really dramatic. You'll see it. And it's, and so those two things uh, indicate that Voyager indeed is at the end of the solar system. And I, I don't know exactly how that's defined, but 
obviously the particle count from the sun is dropping. So it, the particles hit a certain point, and I don't know if they go back or they just right. disperse kind of side perpendicular to the way they were directed, but it drops off. Right. And then once you leave that, I guess the particles somehow protect um, or maybe affect the cosmic radiation. So the interstellar cosmic radiation is going up. And also, I didn't understand this as much, but there's going to be a change in the direction of the magnetic field. And they're measuring all these things right now. So it looks like, but NASA has not officially announced this, but it looks like Voyager 1 is left the solar system. Left the building. Left the building. <laughs> so this is where we can start talking about the jokes about uh, Star Trek. <laughs> Re- refresh our memory on the Star Trek oh, the 1. V- the Viager, uh, Viager movie. Um, wasn't it? Uh, that was the first one. The too. first one, Back yes. Back in 1979. 79. Yes. So Voyager was on everybody's minds at that time. It wasn't the plot is that it, you know, it went out into its existence and, and people forgot about it. And then it was encountered by some alien, uh, uh, alien intelligence, intelligence or a vehicle, or that absorbed it. Yeah, they kind of merged. <laughs> yeah, kind of prescient of the the Borg that showed up later on. Yeah. Um, and then it took um, the the Voyager, or how it changed its name to Viger, because it was missing some letters. Um, it took its mission. To be not only to go out and explore, but to like absorb everything in its pathway, right? Wasn't that it? Yeah. And it was like it's kind of a big planet eater, you know. But yeah, it was coming eater. to Earth to take over or absorb yeah. or something, and the, the the Enterprise crew had to come save Earth, yeah. right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the details. I think Spock saved the day somehow. He usually uh, yeah. does. Yeah, but I think, I think it was Voyager One. Because yes. there's a Voyager 2, two, which isn't too far behind. Right, but right. The, the, the craft leaving the solar system. So that, that is the first man-made craft ever to leave the solar system. Wow. And it's really fascinating to me to see these theories kind of play out. Like, you know, they predicted the increase of solar, of uh, cosmic radiation going up and the charged particles from the sun going down and oh. the, the shift in the magnetic direction. Maybe it's the magnetic that shields the solar system from the cosmic rays. I don't know. Oh. But... It's really interesting. It's real data. You can see it, and it's it's just fascinating. Thirty five yeah. years, and it's I think it's it's it it travels at thirty five thousand miles a second. Oh wow! I mean, it's going really, you know, compared to speed of light, very slow. But for yeah. human standards, it's going thirty five thousand miles an hour. Oh, I don't know. I should yeah. know, but I don't know. But anyway, it's way out there, <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool. So in 1970, 1977, 77. they launched it on September fifth, nineteen seventy seven. My brother had just graduated from high school. That was, <laughs> and as we all know, that was when Star Wars came out. Star Wars came out that earlier that year. Wow! So that was a big year. So yeah, it was. And that's, and also, and I think you watched Cosmos when yeah. you were a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. And remember, I think uh, Carl Sagan talked about the Golden Record. Yeah. And I think it's on Voyager, right? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. the Golden Record is sounds from Earth, and they have little pictograms of pictograms, yep. Of uh, I think it isn't isn't it of the um, Da Vinci um, figure? Yeah, the man and the woman, yeah. and so. Um, yeah, fascinating. I think nice little piece of interesting science. So there's. Outside our solar system, and that leads us to our next story, are folks from outside our solar system coming in, into our solar system? <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> pardon me, there was an Air Force uh, program, a lot of people know this, uh, started in the 1950s called uh, Project Blue Book. 
And ostensibly, the mission of Project Blue Book um, was to investigate uh, story, you know, people's reportage of UFOs, flying saucers, etc. And and their their mission was to determine whether these things were real, whether they were a military threat, or whether they had any uh, whether whether there was any value in in studying them scientifically. Mm-hmm. And just recently. A former uh, Project Blue Book director, um, he's a retired colonel, Robert Friend is his name. Uh, finally, a name that we can pronounce. <laughs> you know, we, we always hit these names where it's like impossible to pronounce. His name is his name is Bob Friend. <laughs> he's a friend to me. With a no name more like stories that. from Russia. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he says that UFOs are real, should be studied. Um, so re- reading a little bit about him, I'm, I'm going to be reading some a little bit from this article on the Huffington Post by Lee Spiegel, uh, and I'll be interjecting some of my own stuff too. Um, retire, hopefully, be able to tell from how, <laughs> how I sound. <laughs> tell the difference. Uh, retired Colonel Robert Friend, a former director of the Air Force's nearly 20-year UFO study project, Blue Book, says that science should continue looking into the mystery of flying saucers. Friend, assigned in 1958 to direct Blue Book, um, by the way, the guy's like 92, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Assigned in 1958 to direct Blue Book, was charged with trying to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and whether they could be of scientific interest. Quote, when I first took over the program, I wrote two staff studies. And in both instances, I recommended that UFOs be put into another agency, which would give them full scientific investigations and analysis. A friend told the Huffington Post over the weekend at a special lecture titled Military UFOs Secrets Revealed. Um, The event held at the Smithsonian-affiliated National Atomic Testing Museum in Las Vegas featured friend, uh, three other retired military colonels, and a former United Kingdom Ministry of Defense UFO investigator. Uh, That's that's another thing that isn't talked about a lot, is I know the the Brits had their own Mm -hmm. kind of... Uh, for lack of a better thing, X-Files and Project Blue Book sort of uh, programs that have, have just recently begun to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, these days, the retired 92-year-old colonel acknowledges that he's spoken to more Air Force pilots than most people will ever meet. And he's heard their stories about strange things they encountered in the sky, objects that have come very close to their aircraft. Uh, despite the roughly 700 UFO cases labeled as, quote, unidentified, during the, unquote, during the Air Force's investigation of more than 12,000 reports, Blue Book was closed down in 1969. The project's conclusion? UFOs posed no security threat to the nation, nor did they display any technologies of technological abilities, quote, beyond the range of present-day scientific knowledge, unquote. But Friend, who was the Blue Book director until 1963, didn't totally agree with the official findings. Um... And it goes on to talk about, I'll just kind of do a little synopsis, that he, he kept trying to get the UFO issue moved to different um, agencies and then to NASA. Um, and, you know, he's a big believer. They have a quote where he's a believer in life being outside in the cosmos. Another little interesting fact about him um, is that he's the oldest surviving member of the fam- famous Tuskegee Airmen of World War II, uh, and and for for those that don't know, that was a uh, black 
uh, a program for black pilots, right? Right. It was uh, black fighter pilots that um, really made a name for themselves by escorting um, the bombers into their missions into deep into Germany and so forth and so on. And, uh, you know, we're groundbreaking in, in um, kind of wiping out some of the barriers that were... Yeah, were, kind uh, of a first step for integration yeah. of the military service. Yeah. Um, and then he, he was joined at this, this conference that we talked about um, by a spokesman for Blue Book between 1961 and 63, Colonel William Coleman. And he, Coleman, related an encounter he had with a classic flying saucer that's quoted... Over Alabama in 1955 while piloting a B-52. The 70 B-25. Foot, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. B-25. <laughs> An older plane. Older, older. Uh, the 70-foot diameter circular disc got so close to the ground that it left a trail of dust behind it before vanishing in the sky. Now, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of the explanations for pilots seeing UFOs is it some sort of um, smudge or defect or water vapor or something right. on the on their, you know... Their windscreen mm-hmm. for like uh, windshield um, windshields. They say that in Britain. <laughs> oh, is that what they say? <laughs> um, that, but this, you know, if you're seeing it and you believe it's near the ground and it's kicking up dust, I'd say that's pretty good indicator yeah. that it's doing. There's some it. atmosphere. It's a real thing kicking up. Yeah. Dust. Um. So at any rate, uh, he kind of they kind of close here. So what was you the want he- me to get his last? What was the headline to this? I mean, there was a kicker to it, right? He um, says. Basically, they should be investigating. They should be investigated. No, he says they're real. Yeah, he says they're real. UFOs are real. So this is the director of Project Blue Book, former director. Yeah. It's it's defunct. He says they're real and they should be investigated. So that's kind of of noteworthy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, Well, I'll finish up here. This is kind of his opinion. Yet the soft-spoken friend treads carefully when asked if he thinks aliens have already come to Earth. Quote, do I believe that we've been visited? No, I don't believe that, unquote, he said. And the reason, I'm doing terrible with the quotes, I apologize. And the reason I don't believe it is because I I can't conceive of any of the ways in which we would overcome some of these things. How much food would you have to take with you on a trip for 22 years through space? How much fuel would you need? How much oxygen or other things to sustain life do you have to have? Um, But would those same issues apply equally to an advanced civilization that may have already overcome the hazards of traveling through interstellar space. Either way, friend would like to see an ongoing scientific investigation of UFOs. Quote, I think that anytime there's a possibility of scientific pay dirt from studying these phenomenon, that yes, it would be much better if the government or some other agency was to take on these things and pursue the scientific aspects of it. Unquote. Um, I remember hearing, I thought there was some news about Blue Book, you know, and this is once again, just pulling from my cluttered memory um, of these things, that there was uh, like several years ago that it was kind of revealed that Blue Book, like even though they're uh, the what they told the public was their mission of investigating um, UFOs, that actually one of their directives was to debunk. UFO oh, sightings. Was that one of their missions stated? Yeah. Or well, I think that was not what stated, the, but not stated, but I think that was. But you know, I once again, I'm pulling that out of my memory. That could be just, yeah. um, you know, conspiracy theory or whatever. But I thought <laughs> that was something that had actually uh, been revealed over the last several years. Do you remember? Since we're the right age, there was a television show in the late '70s called Project Blue, Blue Book. Book. Yeah, it was supposed to be about based on yeah. these things. 
And they would have really cheesy special effects. They did. And I'll tell you something about (laughs) that show that I remember, because I was really into UFOs when I was a kid. Um, Not so much now, believe it or not. not, not, That's not one of the things that really fascinates me. But I remember being very disappointed in the show, because the show, like every show, they would have some exciting story, and then the guys, the main characters in it, would debunk it by the end. It would turn out to be a balloon or somebody drank swamp too much, or swamp gas. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't think it was a very long-lived show, and I think it was one of those and ones, one like, or two seasons, one or two seasons that got retooled on the end because they they realized like who wants to, anybody who'd be interested in seeing that show is not interested in being like, hey, I think I saw a flying saucer. No, you actually saw a swarm <laughs> of locusts, you, you know. And I remember they retooled it and. Kind of towards the end of its run, they begin to have they began to have the stories where I don't even know if they were based on real ones, but they began to have the stories where they couldn't explain what yeah. happened. Well, it would be kind of like watching Gilligan's Island, expecting they're going to get off the island eventually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know that they're not right, right. <laughs> so that's the way Project yeah. Blue Book was because they'd investigate. Yeah, and it was always some rational explanation. Right, right. So yeah, people would be probably be more intrigued by the explanation. Like we're not sure what that was. Yeah. So. Um, Anyways, I don't know what else. So, yeah, we were going to keep this one short. We probably didn't manage to do no, that. No, we did, we actually, did. believe it or not. We, Andy and I like to talk, but it's uh, it's only been about half an hour. Oh, so great. Perfect. We kept it down. Um, so we'll do that, and we'll do a little teaser. We're going to hopefully have a good Halloween show and um, come up with some interesting stuff. And uh, I don't know, anything Yeah, more? that's it, I think. Uh, this will be posted on Rain City Bunker and cross-posted on a lot of talk. And we'll see you then. Okay. Episode 17.